today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. His prayer is not chiefly about his own deliverance, rather it's about God being glorified. So he does pray, deliver us, save us from his hand, but chiefly his prayer is, here's why We're asking you to deliver us from His hand. It's so that you alone get the glory. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Your prayers matter. That's what Pastor J.D. shares in today's message. King Hezekiah doesn't know what to do about the Assyrian army that's coming up against him. So he runs to the Lord and he prays. You'll see that it was because of his prayers that the Lord responded. God could answer because Hezekiah asked. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah, chapter 37, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Have you seen these young people, how they can text with their thumbs? I mean, smoke coming off those thumbs. You know, here in school, I just, give me, let me just indulge me. I I had typing class back in my day. I learned to type about 60 words a minute without too many errors, maybe a few. So when the keyboards and the computers came out and the PCs, I'm like, yeah. And then I'm looking at everybody else going, you know, like this. I'm like, <laughs> and then they came out with these phones with the texting and the, and I can't do that because my hands are too big. Anyway, I digress. Enough of my problems. It's just not fair. Jesus is coming back. That's all I can say. So maybe you got a letter like this, didn't you? You take that memo, that, that employer's letter or email or notice, notice, whatever you want to call it. I have different words for it. Don't go there. I, they're not bad. They're just different words. You take that thing and you just... Go ahead and print it out. Go ahead. Put it out. Lay it out before the Lord. Lord, did you you hear this? Did you read this? Did you see this? Oh yeah, I saw it. I knew that was going to be sent to you before they knew they were going to send it to you. Oh, now listen to this prayer from Hezekiah. Then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear all the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands. 
and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone. Oh, bear with me for a moment. This is very important. Because at first read, you may not notice it, but in Hezekiah's prayer, there's something that he does here that is key. And it's that his prayer is not chiefly about his own deliverance, rather it's about God being glorified. So he does pray, deliver us, save us from his hand, but chiefly his prayer is, here's why we're asking you to deliver us from his hand. It's so that you alone get the glory. Okay, now we can talk. That's what Jesus said, by the way. He said, you can ask anything. Anything? Yeah, anything. And you can have it. Anything? Yeah. If it brings glory to the Father, done deal. I think oftentimes our prayers are lacking this key component. Will it bring glory to God? Oh yes, pray for deliverance from your Sennacherib slash employer. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, certainly you want to pray and ask God to deliver you out of His hand. But God, do it in such a way, in such a fashion, that it's unmistakably you who did it, so that you alone get the glory, because no flesh is going to glory in His presence. It has to be you, Lord. In other words, deliver me and do it your way, in your time, for your glory alone. So even if I wanted to try to take the credit for it, <laughs> I couldn't. Because they would look at me and go, are you kidding me right now? God delivered you. You had nothing to do with it. You can't take any credit for it. Only God gets the credit for it. And that's exactly how it's going to go down. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. <laughs> I want you to pay particular attention to the last part of verse 21. It's huge. This hits home. These four words. Actually, let's say uh, these six words because you have prayed to me. Because you have prayed. James says, you have not because you ask not. I would rather ask and not have than not have because I didn't ask. But because you asked, because you prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this, verse 22, is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. Listen to this. <laughs> the virgin 
the daughter of Zion has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high? I'll tell you who. Against the Holy One of Israel. That's who. By your servants you have reproached the Lord and said, By the multitude of my chariots I have come up to the height of the mountains, to the limits of Lebanon. I will cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypress trees. I will enter its farthest height to its fruitful forest. I, yay, 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 have dug and drunk water, and with the soles of my feet, I, yay, 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 have dried up all the brooks of defense. Did you not hear? Oh, you haven't heard? Verse 26. Long ago, how I made it. From ancient times that I formed it. Now I have brought it to pass. We have an I problem here, don't we? That you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. Translated, I let you do that. Like that. Yeah, you ain't all that. How about that? All right. That's not in the original, by the way. That's verse 27. I tell you, I love God's Word. What a shame. What a shame that people think the Old Testament is, well, old, boring. Are you kidding me? Verse 27, therefore their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass on the housetops and grain blighted before it is grown. But I, I know where you live, Sennacherib. That's verse 28. But I know your dwelling place. I know you're going out and you're coming in and your rage against me. Because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears. Stop right there. Did you catch that? Because my servant prayed and I heard his prayer that reached my ears. Now you're in big trouble. You're the last person on earth anyone would want to be right now. Because it reached my ears because my servants prayed and they cried out to me and I'm going to hearken unto the voice of their cry. Therefore, here's what I'm going to do. I will put my hook in your nose. Oh, that's kind of specific. And my bridle in your lips. And I will turn you back by the way which you came. Um, Again, I don't want to be too graphic, but that's what these Assyrians would do. They would impale 
the people that they had captured, they would put these hooks through their noses. And they would put these and pierce them, their lips through their faces, and drag them by chains. And so now God's going, I'm going to do that to you. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows or does, that shall he also reap. I think about Haman in the book of Esther. He builds these gallows from Mordecai. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Fabulous blueprints. Looks like he got them all built. Looks like they're ready to go. Yeah. You will be impaled. Don't think of it as a, you know, hanging them from the neck. No. The hallows that he built were these, these stakes that they would impale people on alive. That's what he built for Mordecai. And not only him, but all of his sons would be impaled on the very things that they made to impale the people of God. I don't know, I, is it okay if I find a sanctified satisfaction in that? I'll tell you, when I see what's happening in the world today and the evil that is being perpetrated upon mankind, this kind of word here in God's Word, you'll forgive me, but yeah, I'm, I'm good now, because I know what's going to happen to you. Psalm 73, the psalmist is like having a crisis of faith. He won't even talk to his brethren because he didn't want to stumble them, but he's watching the evil prosper. And here he's cleansed his hands in vain, walked uprightly, and they prosper. And everything that he has is nothing but bitter adversity. What's up with that, God? And he says, until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord and saw how it ends, for the Sennacheribs of this world came to my senses, like, okay, okay, thank you, Lord. I'm good now. I can go home now. I can eat again now. I have an appetite now. I can sleep again now. It would be nice to get a good night's sleep, and that's what's going to happen now. Verse 30, this shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself, and the second year what springs from the same. Also in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. This is now to Israel, to Judah. This would have been incomprehensible, inconceivable. They were for sure, we're done, it's over. They're going to take us and impale us with these hooks and drag us away like they have everyone else. And God's saying, no, they're not. In fact, you're going to be planting some fields, and you're going to be enjoying the fruits of them in your own land. And the remnant, verse 31, who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That's important. The Lord will do this. You will not do this. The Lord will do this. Therefore, verse 33, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, 
He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Did you hear that? I'm not going to let it happen to you. Yeah, but they just sent me this notice. I know. They want to shoot an arrow at me and into me. No, they're not. Yeah, but they're already at the door, going door to door, actually, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. They're not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Thus says the Lord. It's not gonna happen because I'm gonna defend you and I'm gonna save you and I'm gonna do it for my sake, for my glory. I'm not doing it for you. Don't take it personal. I'm doing it because I am God and I can and I will. And again, I hope you don't tire me saying this, but this is how I envision my God. Watch me now. It's like what he said to Moses at the Red Sea. Stand back and behold the salvation of the Lord. That's again a very loose translation, but what he's saying to Moses when he parted the Red Sea, watch me now. Watch what I'm going to do. And that's what he's saying here. Verse 36, you want to see what the Lord's going to do? Well, then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were corpses all dead. Oh, cool. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me see if I got this straight. So, an angel of the Lord. We don't even know his name. And it's not an archangel. You'll forgive the silliness, but this is just the way I think. But I think it was an intern. Just one intern in training. Says, you get down there and, and there's 185,000. I know that's a, a, a big number, but think about it like this. Try to count to 185,000. I promise you, you will fall asleep before you get there. But there's something here I want you to notice, and you'll forgive me if I'm reading too much into this, but notice where it says, when the people arose early in the morning. Is it just me, or does it seem like they slept through the whole thing? Right? <laughs> when they arose, I even looked it up in the original. Wait, when they woke up in the morning? That means they slept. Yeah. But 185,000 Assyrians are all around the city walls, and they slept. And it's like God saying, you need to get a good night's sleep, because when you wake up in the morning, you're going to have 185,000 bodies to deal with. So <laughs> they wake up, and they're all dead. That's how God's going to deal with it. And it gets better. Verse 37, so... <laughs> Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh. Hmm, sounds like exactly what God said he would do. 
Now it came to pass, verse 38, as he was worshiping in the house of his Nisrach God, his God, that his sons Adremelech and Sherezer struck him down with the sword. <coughs> no. Yeah. God said it would be a sword. I know. And they escaped into the land of Ararat. Then Eshadhadan, his son, reigned in his place. The end. And the credits start scrolling, and, and then we leave the theater, right? Not so fast. Now, I had to do both chapters together. Can you imagine? To be continued? Don't you hate that? Cliffhanger, you know, you get there, and then next week, to be continued. No! <laughs> it's believed that about 20 years had passed between verses 36 and 37 when Sennacherib was killed by his own sons, by the sword, exactly as God said it would be. By the way, with precision accuracy, 100% accuracy, not 99.99999 at an infinitum, 100% accuracy, everything that God said would happen, happened exactly as He said it would. You might say God had had the final word. I want to assure you and encourage you in the Lord, God is going to have the final word. Just wait, you'll see. And by the way, don't we have the, how it ends, the final word in the Bible? You know, it ends very well for us. I mean, it, it <laughs> not for them though. Well, one more thing, it's very interesting. Actually, it seems that this Sennacherib attempted to rewrite history, and in so doing, discount the biblical account. Here are the annals of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, that are displayed in the British Museum. Listen to this. This is an actual quote from Sennacherib's annals. I attacked Hezekiah of Judah, who had not subjected himself to me, and took 46 fortresses, forts, and small cities. I carried away captive 200,150 people, big and small, both male and female, a multitude of horses, young bulls, asses, camels, and oxen. Hezekiah himself, I locked up in Jerusalem like a bird in its cage. I don't think it was exactly like that, <laughs> but whatever. I put up banks against the city. I separated his cities whose inhabitants I had taken prisoners from his realm and gave them to Metinity, king of Ashdod, Padi, king of Ekron, and Zilbel, king of Gaza, and thus diminished his country. And I added another tax to the one imposed on him earlier. <laughs> wow! That's not what I just read. That's not exactly how it went down. Nice try. Why do I want to end like that? Because nothing's changed. You're trying to discount the biblical account. Even, by the way, even concerning these annals of Sennacherib, which again are today in the British Museum, <laughs> they have sought to dismiss this miracle of 185,000. And you know how they do it? The record reads that there was mass casualties. 
Mass casualties. That's kind of generic. Oh, that, that, that's so spin. <laughs> that is, that's not what happened. There were mass casualties, all right. 185,000 Syrians died with a trainee angel. That's what happened. Yeah. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you think that the gospel is only in our first four books of the New Testament, you'll quickly learn through this book of Isaiah that the gospel's mentioned throughout. It must have been interesting for Isaiah to write the things he did in the course of his life. He was a prophet used by God who lived while several kings of Judah reigned. From their outright wicked behavior to a king like Hezekiah, Isaiah experienced the people living in rebellion and then turning toward God, realizing their need for him. God used Isaiah in a mighty way to influence these kings and to speak to them about what was yet to come. God can use you in the place you're at today as well. It may not seem as influential or powerful of a position, but God has you right where he wants you, to use you in the place you are. Are you involved in a local church? If not, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can get directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for our next edition as we learn more valuable things from this interesting book of Isaiah, right here on In Spirit and Truth. La, la.